This is Capital Cast. I'm Jennifer Fuller. We're beginning an occasional segment here on Capital Cast, talking with people who've made an impact on Illinois through politics, policy, or in other areas. Our first subject is former congressman and SIU system president Glenn Pichard, who's also worn numerous other hats in the areas of politics and education over his many years of service. I sat down with Pichard and author Carl Walworth to talk about their jointly written book, Son of Southern Illinois, which Pichard says is really a memoir of thanks. I know I'm at the end of a long career, or getting near, and I'm soon be 78 years old, and I wanted my grandkids to know about my life. It was pretty simple for me. Uh, I've been fortunate by the will of the people to have a lot of nice experiences uh, in government and education and so on, and uh, I just wanted my grandkids to know that I was here, I did these things, Maybe there's a little wisdom in what I could leave them at this point in my life. And so that was the, the, the main impetus for me. So a memoir to your grandkids, but also to the people who... Yeah, there's a lot of things um, in the book that Carl has been able to bring out through interviews with me over a long period of time that, I, you know, I want people to know also about... Uh, you know, my, my work in education, but my work in health care, particularly rural health care um, in Congress, my work on the environment with respect to preserving large parts of the Shawnee National Forest and wilderness designation and things like that. So there are a myriad of experiences that I had that I'm not sure, you know, when I, when I was in office, those things came out a little piece at a time. but to coalesce them into a book where, you know, you can chronologically detail those to the people, that means a lot to me. I think, uh, I think people will appreciate some of the stories and what we went through. Carl, you're a writer and a newspaper man by trade. When Glenn came to you, was there an intimidation? There was an intimidation because I've done projects, and as you know, all projects have their own their own narrative, um, hadn't anything just like this one. And and so you always have that kind of that question, you know, is this one that I can tackle? Um, as we started and started going through it, um, I mean, I felt good about it all the way. Uh, felt good working with Glenn, which we'd never worked together like this uh, before it was reporter elected official and so we hadn't worked together like we did on this project but um, from my standpoint um, we've worked well together and I don't want to leave Joe out either because uh, <laughs> Joe um, was there all through this process and uh, instrumental in it as well I wonder a lot of people think that they know you and they know you at some point. There are so many different pieces of this story. So perhaps they knew you as a state lawmaker, perhaps they knew you as a congressman, perhaps they knew you at SIU. As you were moving through all those pieces, did you define yourself differently? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think I was ever enamored by the title or the position or the authority that I was given by the people. Um, I like problem solving and 
and you know that's why I wanted to go into government. Um, there were parts of me that um, I never felt comfortable in talking about to the people, the mental health issues that I had early in my life. Um, when the Clean Air Act passed and it devastated our coal economy here and there were thousands of people that lost their jobs, that weighed so heavily on me. <clears throat> I wanted to be honest about it and uh, the fact that it happened under my watch um, you know, there was nothing I could do about it. It was so overwhelmingly, uh, you, you know, uh, in favor, favored by the, the urban legislators, which make up most of our Congress. But <clears throat> I tried as hard as I could, but I had moments of um, absolute depression when that Clean Air Act passed, uh, because I had to go to the mines and I had to go talk to people in the wash houses and say, this is coming. It's a tsunami that we can't stop as hard as we've tried. And even uh, Senator Simon and Senator Dixon opposed it because it didn't have the uh, things in it that protected our people. And uh, it was hard. It was a very difficult time. And I never talked about that a whole lot, uh, feelings-wise. There are probably a lot of people who will read your book that'll be surprised to hear you talk about mental health mm -hmm. in, in really in any way. But yeah. outside of it being difficult, outside of the feelings of depression, you also disclose that you were treated uh, in what is now a not so common way um, yeah. for the depression and the mental health issues you were facing. Yeah, I had gone through some real tragedies in my life with the loss of my sister and three of my best friends and then the loss of my uh, first cousin who was probably the closest person in the world to me and then my mom and dad's uh, marriage falling apart as a result of my sister's death and the circumstances under which it took place. I didn't know how to handle any of that. And, um, you know, when you're teaching school and teaching five different subjects and coaching three sports, that pressure just exacerbated itself on me. And I found out that um, I had never dealt with the things inside me, uh, particularly the what I saw in Korea with these uh, children. Uh, you, you know, I, it just disturbed me so much. And um, after going to my uh, my doctor several times, and him uh, deciding that I uh, had nervous exhaustion and depression, uh, recommending that I go uh, be hospitalized for a while. I didn't have any idea that I was going to go to a hospital and be admitted to a mental ward. Uh, and had no idea, didn't even know what, um, uh, except for having heard it talked about, I didn't know what um, <clears throat> electroshock therapy was uh, and found out uh, when I got in the hospital, um, that's what I started undergoing. And um, it just absolutely, um, I lost my memory. Uh, I lost my ability for some weird reason to see people above their waist. Um, I don't know if that was a psychological thing that took place. Uh, I was certain that I was going to die. Uh, I had to, to get out of there, and they would not release me. 
Uh, and uh, I told my wife that if you don't get me out of here, I don't think I'm going to be able to leave here alive. And so um, while that was a sort of a standard, I guess, procedure for some people who were undergoing the mental health issue that I was, it didn't work for me. And had we not had the Veterans Hospital in Marion, Illinois, because at that time, Jennifer, I had, uh, I had resigned my job and uh, I didn't have any money, didn't have any health insurance at the time, uh, once I left the hospital in Evansville. And uh, thank God for Dr. Longwell at the Veterans Hospital in Marion, because I am absolutely convinced she saved my life. I spent uh, a considerable amount of time with her when I was hospitalized there, and then when I went home, uh, continued to, to uh, come to the hospital and, and uh, undergo therapy with her. And, you know, I, I became stronger in the process. I just, I don't know. After that episode uh, and after my therapy and healing, um, there wasn't anything that scared me any longer except the one thing that someday I feared they would find my mental health record because I knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to go into politics. And uh, I knew that would be devastating, uh, as it was to Thomas Eagleton and some people before. And I always feared that, and that fear actually uh, came to pass later, you know, and uh, I was able to deal with it. I want to get to that. Oh, okay. But I want to talk to Carl yeah. about this. This could color the entire story that you tell about a man and his career, his life, his legacy. When that was disclosed to you, or perhaps you already knew, how did that color the way that you wanted to tell the story of Glenn Pichard? Well, I'm pretty sure that he told me this story the first time we met. Uh, about this project, which would have been in his home area of White County. And we drove around in his van and went to different places, and he told me stories. Um, and so, I mean, the way I remember it, Jennifer, is he told me the story, but we didn't really talk about how we were going to use it or even if we were going to use it. Uh, it was just out there. And so... The way the process worked was I drafted things and he looked at them and provided feedback. And, uh, you know, initially uh, you might imagine that it wasn't drafted just the way that it was finished up. And so uh, this was one thing that we talked about uh, some. And really it came down, it was, it's his medical records, and it came down to did he want to disclose it or not. Um, as we went through the process, we had some beta readers who read the, the manuscript and gave us feedback. And um, I guess I'm safe to say initially it wasn't quite as explicit as it is now. Um, and that was the feedback. The feedback was, uh, we know there's something here. Um, we're not sure what all it is. And so then the discussion with Glenn was, um, are we gonna do this or aren't we? 
and we're not going to be able, we're not going to be able to kind of walk the middle ground on this. Uh, it's either going to be disclosed or it's not. And uh, I know that that was a very difficult decision that um, he gave a lot of thought to, and ultimately came down on the side. And so this this kind of unveiled. I mean. You know, this could have been a, a bigger part of the book. It could have been a different part of the book. But, you know, the ultimate decision was we're going to use it. Uh, we're going to use it right where it happened in his life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things in his life that I would love to be discussing because there's a lot of very, very important things. Um, but, you know, this is kind of the new angle. And so this is one of the things that has come to the forefront. Carl Walworth worked with Glenn Pichard to write Son of Southern Illinois. This is part one of our conversation. You can hear part two in the next installment of Capital Cast, and you can find the book at siupress.siu.edu. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a nonprofit, nonpartisan news service funded primarily by the Illinois Press Foundation, the Robert R. McCormick Foundation, and contributions from the Illinois Broadcasters Foundation and Southern Illinois Editorial Association. I'm Jennifer Fuller. <laughs>